For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Awesome with Cody. As usual, I'm your host, Cody, and today... We're continuing July's theme of uh, awesome comedies from when I was growing up, I think is what I called it. Anyhow, today we're talking about Brewster's Millions. This is the 1985 um, adaptation of said book by George Barr McCutcheon. Um, this is, it, it's considered a comedy. Well, I'm not saying it's good. It is a comedy. Um, I've never seen another version of it. There are... English versions, I think there's like six of them. Uh, but the book came out in 1902. Like I said, it was written um, by George Barr McCutcheon. The book is a little uh, little different. I'll tell you about the book. Um, and I'll tell you about the movie. Actually, we'll go who made it first, and then we'll go into the, the differences. Um, directed by Walter Hill. Walter Hill was a big dude in the 80s. And... A little bit into the 90s, but mostly um, the 80s, uh, and he made some really good stuff. Most notably, I'll just fire off a couple um, of the big ones. Um, so you have uh, The Warriors, Southern Comfort, 48 Hours, Streets of Fire, Brewster's Millions. A- a- he wrote the story for Aliens. Um Let's see, Red Heat, um, another 48 Hours, wrote and produced Alien 3. Uh, Then he directed Last Man Standing with Bruce Willis in 1996. And then a couple other things after that. And then he had a couple producing things television-wise. He did a bunch of stuff. I've I've only heard of like two things. On this list, Deadwood, he did an episode of, and he did three episodes of Tales from the Crypt, uh, both HBO properties. Um, so yeah, Walter Hill, director. Um, starring the movie as Montgomery Brewster is Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor, of course, stand-up comedian, virtuoso. Um, movie-wise, he's done some of the best comedies um, around that time. Uh, the Brewster's Millions, The Toy, uh, See No Evil, Hear No Evil. Um, not that it's a comedy, but he was also in Harlem Nights with uh, um, Eddie Murphy and a bunch of people. I forget who's all, who all's in that movie. Uh, he was also in Superman 3. He played a computer hacker. 
uh, believe it or not, way back in 1983, two years before Brewster's Millions. Uh, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's Richard Pryor. He's, uh, he's pretty amazing. Um, stand, many, amazing stand-up, amazing uh, in several movies. But yeah, that's Richard Pryor. He plays Montgomery Brewster. Next up, we have John Candy. John Candy, of course, of SNL fame and many other things. SNL, right? I didn't even think about that. He, John Candy was on SNL for a long time, right? Or is that just me being dumb thinking he was on SNL a bunch? Well, I know he was in. He was on uh, SCTV where he knew a lot of people. Um, I want to say maybe he was in one episode of Saturday Night Live. Uncredited on the episode, too. Why do you think he was in on Saturday Night Live so long? Well, anyways, he was on SCTV, which was a uh, variety show, much like Saturday Night Live, uh, that had um, Rick Moranis and the uh, and uh, Steve Martin, and there's a bunch of people that was in that too, and I can't remember all of them top of my head. Uh, but it was Second City TV is the is the, what what it's from. It's from Canada, and there's so many. Uh, Hale Ramis, uh, the late great Hale Ramis. Uh, so Eugene Levy, I found the list. Find Catherine O'Hare, Mart, like I said, Martin Short, Dave Thomas, uh, which Martin, which Dave Thomas in. Um, and Rick Moranis did Strange Brew together right towards the end of the main run, I think, of SCTV. Doesn't matter, I'm not talking about that today. Anyhow, that's John Candy. Uh, Uncle Buck, uh, he, he plays in Uncle Buck. He had, uh, he was a, he made, I don't want to say a cameo, but he was in Home Alone. He helped, uh, Kevin's mom get back to him. Uh, he was in planes, trains, and automobiles. I mean, so many different things. I mean, uh, he did so many, so many great movies. Spaceballs, Little Shop of Horrors, Armed and Dangerous, Volunteers, Summer Rental, Splash. Um, like I said, uh, Uncle Buck. Oh, uh, Who's Harry Crumb? That's a great one. Uh, Great Outdoors uh, was the announcer in Rookie of the Year. Uh, Cool Runnings, obviously. Great movie. Um, Yeah, that's uh, John Candy. He's amazing, man. Lost him too soon. Uh, But yeah, anyways, John Candy. Uh, Oh, and John Candy, uh, his character's name is Spike Nolan uh, in, in the movie. Uh, of Brewster's Millions. Next up, we're in a rapid fire through these. Is uh, Lynette McKee. She plays the love interest um, in this movie. Uh, went by uh, the name of uh, Drake was her last name. I can't think of her f- first name. I'm looking for it, and I don't see it. Why don't I see it? Angela. Angela Drake. Uh, but anyways, yeah, she's in, she's in this, she was in, um, other movies I've seen her in, Jungle Fever, Malcolm X, 
Uh, he got game. Uh, Men of Honor. I think that's all I've seen her in. Well, I've seen other movies, but I can't remember being in any of those. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, Lynette McKee. Next uh, after that is Stephen Collins. Stephen Collins uh, in the movie um, plays Warren Cox, who is the, uh, I guess you could say, antagonist in this. Uh, most, he's basically he's a stooge that plays in it, but uh, he's best known for being the dad on uh, Seventh Heaven. Reverend Eric Camden uh, was in 240. 42 episodes, directed three episodes of that show, by the way. A main role. Uh, he's in, I mean, he's been in a bunch of stuff, movie-wise, On Dangerous Ground, uh, Jumping Jack Flash, The Big Picture, uh, The First Wives Club, Blood Diamond. Uh, that's all I really know of those ones. Oh, Between the Lines is a good one, too. Uh, Star Trek, the motion picture, he played Captain Commander William, Willard, De- Willard, Willard, Deckard, Decker, I can't talk at all. Uh, and of course, in this one, he played, in Bruce's Million, he plays Warren Cox. Uh, like I said, he's the best way to put it is antagonist um, for the movie itself. Um, we, then we have uh, David White. Uh, David White in the movie plays George granville george granville uh in the movie is essentially the executor of the will that leaves money i'm sorry no he's one of the bank guys yeah sorry opposite uh he plays one of the bank manager lawyers right yeah that's trying to get the money from brewster and I'll explain that more in a minute for people who haven't seen it. Um, so yeah, that's David White plays George Granville. Then next up we have Jerry Arback. Uh, Jerry Arback, of course, most well known for being in uh, Law and Order. Uh, I mean, forever. Uh, he was on Law and Order for um. Where's the television, 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 Law and Order for, what is that, uh, 12 years? Played Detective Leonard Lenny Briscoe for 273 episodes. He was in that show. Then he was also in Special Victims Units for a couple times and uh, Homicide Life on the Streets. Uh, and then Trial by Jury, apparently he was in two episodes of that. Uh, after he passed away. Oh, Criminal Intent. He was on an episode of that too. Because he was like the main dude. Like he was like, when you think Law and Order, he's like one of the main dudes you're always going to think of. But he's been in so many things. Uh, Movie-wise, well, I mean, I'm not going to mention the fact that he was Lemire in, uh, or Lumineer in uh, Beauty and the Beast, but he was. Uh See, movie-wise, besides the Beauty Beast movies, uh, FX, love that movie, Dirty Dancing, Someone to Watch Over Me, uh, Crimes and Misdemeanors. I don't know what a gnome named Gnome is, but a gnome named Norm, I don't know what that is, but it's a hilarious name. Uh, Toy Soldiers, uh, I was really good, I love that movie. Straight Talk, Universal Soldier. Um... Played, I did a voice in 
uh, one of the Aladdin movies. Um, but yeah, that's Jerry Arbach. Um, yeah, dude's awesome. I mean, he's amazing. Uh, he'd still be in Law and Order if he didn't pass away in 2004, probably. Um, and then last I have noted on here, Rick Moranis was in. He played a, a, a small cameo um, in Brewster's Millions. He played uh, Morty King, the impressionist or mock impressionist, right? Yeah, I think he's what he refers himself as. Um, but Rick Moranis, I mean, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movies, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 2, um, Luce Tully played Luce Tully in those. Um, my Blue Heaven, one of my favorite movies with him and Steve Martin. Uh, like I said, uh, Spaceballs, Little Shop of Horrors, Club Paradise, uh, Strange Brew, which I mentioned earlier. Uh, he played Barney Rubble in the first Flintstones movie, as well as the video game. Little Giants, um, boo, 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 what else? Um, TV wise, SCTV, like I said, Second City Television. Uh, he was on Saturday Night Live as a host twice. Uh, boo, 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 boo. I think it's the only thing he was really big on television-wise was SCTV. But yeah, it's Rick Moranis. We all know him. We all love him. And yeah, so um, let me essentially break down the plot of Brewster's Millions, the movie, the 1985 Richard Pryor movie. Um, so basically... Montgomery Brewster is a uh, minor league baseball pitcher, technically relief pitcher. Good for three innings, says he. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Always says you can get any team out in three innings, um, which is. What do you want a relief pitcher to do? So, I mean, that makes sense. Um, listen to me talk uh, sports like I know anything about it. Anyways, he plays for a team, uh, a minor league team called the Hackensack Bulls. Uh, he is the, like I said, he's the pitcher. His uh, buddy Spike Nolan, played by uh, John Candy, is their catcher. Anyhow, so after one uh, one night and a victory, uh, him and... In, in, uh, in, Spike are out uh, talking to some ladies. They get in a fight. Uh, they get arrested. Uh, they put on bail. They get fired from the team. A guy bails them out, brings them to New York, where he finds out that he has a great uncle who... He is the last real living relative of... Um, and he bequeaths him $300 million in his will, but 
there's a challenge involved in it. And the challenge is this. He has 30 days to spend $30 million. If he does that without recurring any any gains from it, so he can't, basically he starts his 30 days with only the, sh- the, the clothes on his back and he has 30 days to spend the $30 million without gaining anything. No, no, no income, no values. He can't just uh, put it somewhere and wait for the 30 days to, to up. He has to squander $30 million. If he does that in 30 days, he then earns the $300 million fortune that his great uncle, Rupert Horn, left him um, to essentially be his forever. Or he can take the... Uh, the wussy law or wussy wussy buyout I think is what they call it which is a million dollars up front forfeiting his 330 million dollar um inheritance to be then divvied up to charities via this the 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 um the lawyers that are he's he's going in against um and so the other part of it is if he can't do that in the 30 days, if he can't spend the 30, 30 million in 30 days, he will lose it all. He loses all the money left over, loses, doesn't get the million, and he uh, doesn't earn the 300, or 300 million uh, that's left over or that's waiting for him. So he has a choice. Take a million up front, and that's it. Try to spend $30 million in 30 days and win his inheritance of $300 million or take the $30 million, not do not be able to spend it in 30 days and leave with nothing. He says he gonna, he's going to go for it. So the biggest difference in the book, uh, again, I haven't read the book, but what I have read from the book is similar, similar process. Um, uncle leaves... Uh, Montgomery Brewster, a large fortune. And mind you, this is 1902, so, I mean, a lot of money. Leaves him $7 million, but he actually has two inheritances he earns, so that's a difference in this one in the book. His great-grandfather leaves him a million dollars, but because of a rift between his his great-grandfather and his great-uncle, his great-uncle wants to spite his grandfather, so he makes a deal. He says, I'll play this uh, this game with you. If you can spend the million dollars that your great-grandfather gave you in a year, you'll earn the $7 million that I've left you. Same caveats. He has to spend it all without gaining anything. So... I'll read you the synopsis or the the the, the exact wordings that of of what it is. So, um, where is it? Uh, so under one under the condition that he keeps none of his grandfather's money, so he can't keep any of the million dollars. He has to spend it all in a year. Um, he has to spend every penny within one year, resulting in no assets or property held from the wealth at the end of that time. If he meets that, then he meets those terms, then he gets the full $7 million. Uh, if he fails, he remains 
penniless. So that is the book's version of it. Same thing applies to the, 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 the movie, the 1985 Richard Pryor movie adaptation. He has the 30 days to spend $30 million, cannot gain any uh, wealth from it, so no, no, nothing can come about it. He can't make investments. He can't buy uh, anything. He ain't, can't just give it away. He has to use it, and he has to use it for, for services rendered from whoever he's paying for. So, for example, if he wants to hire a chef to cook all of his meals for 30 days, he has to pay him that, the, the whatever amount he pays him, and he's not allowed to re- get anything other than the services, so cooking out of it. That makes sense to everybody? Is that how it works? Is that the easy way to put it? Um, and so there's a lot of stuff that goes on. He's trying to do different things. Um, a lot of the stuff he does backfires on him, and he actually ends up making more money. At one point, he makes an investment of this ludicrous idea to bring a iceberg from Antarctica down to um, the, the, the water-lacking area of Iran, Iraq area for Iran farmers, I think is what they call it, um, ends up that it turns out to be a good investment and a big company buys it, making the stock of this company go from a buck and a half to $9. And because he put a million dollars in, he then has to, then he he made like a bunch of money out of it. And he sold it before it was purely just the, like whatever millions of dollars it would have been. And like, he's got John Candy trying to talk him out of it. And he can't, he can't. So I guess the one thing I just skipped over is he's not allowed to tell anybody. So there's only, there's only four people living that are involved in this, that know the, the, the rules of the game. Montgomery, so Brewster himself, uh, the two lawyers, and uh, the executor of the will. It's the only people who know of what it is. He's not allowed to tell anybody else about it. So he can't tell John Candy's character, Spike Nolan. He can't tell his best friend about it. He can't tell Angela about it, uh, his love interest. He just gonna, he's going to look like a fucking lunatic because he just earned, he just basically inherited $30 million and he starts blowing through it nonstop. Uh, and uh, it all starts to go real well until he starts making money back on ludicrous bets or stupid investments that pay off, um, things like that. So he has to think of another way to do it. So then he runs for mayor of New York with only 10 days left of the, of the, um, the election, which actually happens to be the day before uh, he is supposed to be penniless uh, come those 30 days. So he starts burning through his own cash, advertising, buying commercials, even outside of New York uh, on basically they say at one point all 52 states um so just in case any new yorkers on vacation they know it's going there and he makes the campaign none of the above thinking it's ridiculous and no one's going to vote for him and it ends up being that he uh 
he starts to win and starts to become popular. So he has to drop out of the race, wasting all that money, of course. And then for the last, with his last $38,000, he throws a party that was supposed to be a celebration of him, his, in his campaign, um, and his victory over the, uh, three during over the, the Yankees in a three inning, um, like uh, uh charity event thing that he was he was doing um and so he's he thinks he, he thinking he's won so he's gonna trudge over there lost all of his friends he lost spike spike thinks he's insane angela thinks he's an asshole all this stuff and he gradually goes back he just hates money which is one of the reasons his uncle is doing it um and uh goes to basically say hey you guys like I'm here. Then he finds out that uh, their stooge, um, Warren Cox, played by Stephen Collins, has actually withheld twenty thousand dollars. And so, with minutes to 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 go, he has to find a way to uh, spend it. So he he basically um, takes the 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 his find the character of of Angela who's been his accountant uh, during this, puts her on retainer for $20,000 to help him sue them uh, or to help him because he punched Warren uh, defend himself. And so she writes him a receipt, making him penniless again right before, minutes, seconds before midnight, earning him the inheritance of, a, of $300 million. And all the stuff that goes on between is just fantastically funny. And towards the end, it's very depressing and it's interesting the way they kind of go, but it's super funny movie. I love it. It's always one of my favorites with Richard Pryor, along with the toy, which is another one with Jackie Gleason, uh, which is amazing, which I'll watch at one point. And one of my other favorites, uh, hear no evil, see no evil, or see no evil, hear no evil with, uh, um, Gene Wilder, another fantastic movie. But yeah, that's it. Um, for this week's episode, of the awesome with Cody. So for the folks who don't know, uh, who haven't heard the last episode, uh, awesome. The, the awesome comedies from my childhood. Um, I did the jerk last week. This week was Brewster's millions. Next will be next week will be, um, police Academy. And then history of the world part one, uh, would be the other one I was going to do. I think, Last week I mentioned I was gonna do Blazing Saddles, um, but I'm gonna hold that for another another time, um, because that one goes beyond being a comedy from my childhood, which I love, and I, there's a story behind it. But um, I'm gonna save that for another time. I thought Police Academy because I used to watch that all the time with my brother when we were growing up. Um, but yeah, that's um, that's it for this week's episode. And uh, as usual, like I said at the end of all these episodes, let's be awesome. <laughs>